the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This Sunday we commemorate, we have a few commemorations this Sunday, and I have out uh, on the Sindra Analoi the icon that we have for St. Macrina, who is the sister of St. Basil the Great, St. Gregory of Nyssa, uh, and then we can start going out. She's also the sister, I'm sorry, uh, there is at least one of the, I think it's Peter of Sebast, who she is also the sister of. She is the granddaughter of a saint, uh, except shirt. There's more in the family. It basically keeps moving out. And this is one of these families uh, in the early church in the fourth century in Cappadocia uh, that grew to great prominence, who was very influential in the early Christian communities. Uh, it's because of their family that we actually have the commemoration for the 40 martyrs of Sebast, um, which is um, a great commemoration. If I remember off the top of my head, it's in January or February, it's in the spring. And it is, their family had relics of these martyrs. Uh, if you heard one of the brothers' names, Peter of Sebast, Sebast would be a sea that was close to uh, where Macrina and Basil and Gregory are from. And they had a great devotion to those martyrs, and so part of the reason why the 40s of martyrs of Sebast have such a great commemoration is because of Basil and Gregory, Macrina, Peter, etc. We have the great commemoration for this Sunday, which is set aside uh, for a particular period of time uh, in this month, is the first six fathers of the first six ecumenical councils. And we're probably one of the few churches in the world, I don't know, I think the Roman Catholics have probably excised um, some of the hymns they maybe had, like what we had this evening, where you have a list of heretics that we're singing about, uh, and why we, well, we don't go into exact reasons why we disagree with them, but we go through the list of those who are wrong, who the fathers of the six ecumenical councils uh, condemned, or their, their teachings, um, and it's one of these fascinating things to hear sung uh, in a church about uh, heretics, about those who have uh, purposefully, I'll say, drawn outside the line, who taught things that the church and, its, and her wisdom uh, said, we cannot follow this, because to follow these things, and this is the reason why these um, names that you've probably never heard of, Eutychians, Macedonians, and Macedonians as in not the country of Macedonia, uh, or folks from that region of northern Greece, uh, but a particular uh, heresy. Those, uh, all of those heresies uh, are bound up with a particularity as to why we have these commemorations. And we have a few Sundays through the year where we commemorate uh, different fathers of different ecumenical councils. This uh, commemoration happens to be the first six. And it's all bound up, I think, when you hear it in some of the other hymns, where it seems the arch, uh, arch nemesis, so the arch, uh, the hesiarch, the hierarch who was a heretic, uh, or the chief of those heretics was Arius. And then the beginning of the basic struggle of understanding who Jesus Christ was. Was he fully God or was he fully man? And that particular struggle is where then we get all of the rest of the heresies. And the church uh, maintain the 
you say the paradox or the tension that it is in claiming and proclaiming that Jesus Christ is both fully man and fully God. This is for the basic uh, groundwork for why we uh, refer to the Theotokos so much. And if you listen to many of the hymns, especially if you come to the end of the Apostica, or Lord, I have called, and you usually have a hymn to the Theotokos, it's uh, usually again and again underlining, yes, she is a haven, yes, as uh, her as an intercessor, but specifically that it was through her that God took flesh. That even the icon underlining the incarnation, that God is with us, and especially in this particular icon, a uh, copy of the Vladimir icon, you have Christ in such an intimate embrace with the Theotokos, that she stands at the head of uh, our humanity because she, uh, Christ took flesh from her, and in his taking flesh from her has therefore embraced all of us. And this is why we sing these strange, about these strange third, fourth century heresies um, that most of us have probably never heard of. Uh, because a lot of these heresies are still alive with us to these days. They just don't usually go around with these kind of uh, fancy uh, old Greek names. Um, they might come, uh, I don't know, via Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, Mormons, uh, other groups, uh, even in other Christian professions that would be a little bit closer to historic Christianity that don't really have a full understanding of, of the uh, impact or what it means to um, proclaim that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, uh, fully God, and fully man. We underline this, and I'm underlining this, to reiterate the Orthodox Church's teachings about Jesus Christ because they are the bedrock. They are what our confession is about who Jesus Christ is, is why we do any of this. Why we would uh, participate in the spiritual life, why we would fast, why we would come to church, why we would confess our sins, why we would spend our Sunday mornings praising God and partaking of Holy Communion uh, instead of going and having brunch somewhere. Well, maybe not right now, but uh, that the entirety of our salvation rests upon the confession of Jesus Christ as Lord that we hear from Peter and the Gospels that is uh, preached through the Apostles Peter and Paul and to all the Apostles to the entire world and then is upheld through all of the councils uh, and the fathers of the councils uh, throughout uh, up into this time that we have a synod that confesses who Jesus Christ is. Glory to Jesus Christ. Lord forever.